Welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast with me, Connor Clear. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast about life, loss and love. As a celebrant, I want to look at how we celebrate, how we fall in love, the milestones we mark and how we can talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. This is my exploration into the beauty of it all. And it's my reminder to make the most of the important times and how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. And welcome once again to the Celebration Sessions podcast. Delighted to have you tuned in. Thanks as always for choosing this podcast. I hope you're well. Now, straight into it, we do have an interesting one for you this time. Now, talking about death over a cup of coffee, a slice of cake or a nice Malbec, whatever it is you're having yourself, may not sound like everyone's cup of tea, but death cafes have been growing in popularity and they provide a safe space uh, to get people talking about a subject which is still very taboo for so many people. Now, these death cafes are an opportunity to discuss topics around dying, so areas like fears, spirituality, ethics. The death cafe has captured so many people's attention. Since around about 2011, it's thought there have been almost 14,000 death cafes held right across the globe. Now, the pandemic, as you can imagine, has moved many of these cafes online, which in fact has opened them up to participants from across the globe, which is a really exciting evolution for the death cafe. So by way of an introduction to the topic, we'll find out more about death cafes, how you can take part, how you can join in the conversation with them. So, I'm joined by celebrant and chairperson of the Irish Ethical Celebrant Society, who in fact facilitates death cafes, Yvonne Cassidy. Yvonne, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me, Connor. Looking forward to talking about death. If you all know me, I'll talk about it at length if you let me. So, <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Well, look, we're looking forward to getting into it. Um, I will say, uh, joining us as well, uh, again, fellow funeral celebrant and a fellow ethical celebrant as well, Dervla Graham. Dervla, hello to you. Hi, Connor. Thanks for having me. Dervla, the pleasure is is all mine. Thank you for joining me. Uh, and in fact, thanks to you both for, for taking the time out to, to chat to me about this. Look, it's such an interesting topic. I think uh, I've attended an IECS death cafe previously. I found it fascinating. And certainly I think as a funeral celebrant, it, it is a conversation that I'm always keen to have. And a death cafe is a lovely opportunity to be able to facilitate a conversation about death and loss and grief as well. Um, I might come to Yvonne first. For anyone listening to this who doesn't know what a death cafe is, if I ask Yvonne first, what exactly is a death cafe? So like you described, it's basically, it's a group of people who get together. Um, usually there's tea and cake involved. Um, and it's usually a group of strangers or often it's a group of strangers that come together and um, who want to have an open conversation about death and dying, which is, you know, not the type of conversation that you would usually sit down and, and have with people, your friends or your family. So, um, yeah, people who I think who are drawn to death cafes are, are people that want to 
normalize these conversations which yeah. are difficult um, but are very very necessary to have I think indeed indeed and do we know a bit about the backgrounds or, or the the origin of the death cafe mm. yeah so um from what I know it they started off in in around 2004 so it's not that long ago really um and it, they were started off by a Swiss anthropologist um I think his name was Bernard Critaz. And he developed, it was, they were called Café Mortels, which I think is a great name. Um, and then in, as you said, in 2011 or 2010 or 2011, um, a man named John Underwood um, in the UK, he developed what we now know as the Dead Café model. And like you said, you know, it's, it's spread worldwide and there's, um, there's Dead Cafés all over the world now mm. for people to attend. And like that, I think the pandemic has has given the opportunity now for these death cafes to 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 move online. I think which is which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's opened everything up like that. Now I was fortunate to be able to join in uh, with an IECS death cafe. Um, tell me, how do the conversations start? Because there's no real shape to them. Am I right in saying that it's mm-hmm. participant led? Really, isn't it? It is. So kind of one of the guidelines of a debt cafe is um, there's no team, there's no, um, you know, there's no agenda. It's basically you're there to just discuss what your thoughts are about debt and dying. And there will usually be a facilitator um, who will just get the conversation started. And usually it's opened with that with that question. Just what are your thoughts today as they relate to debt and dying? And, you know, very often it's just once you get the conversation started, people are OK then to, to continue it on. It's just getting it started. It's like so many things, um, you know, trying to get started or, or thinking about doing it is often worse or more nerve wracking than doing it. I find once you get people talking and, um, you know, they're happy then to have that conversation. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there is no agenda. There's no it's very participant led. Um, we did actually find with the um, IECS cafes that people did seem to want to have a topic. It, it got the conversation going a little bit easier if there was, say, a, a general topic. So in our last one, the topic that we discussed was actually around grief. And that opened up everybody then share their experiences of um, of grief and what they knew about it and their, you know, what they had, what their thoughts were on it. So I suppose you just, you adapt it to um, to your own model to the people who are coming there and and that seemed to be the way we found the Irish Irish people wanted to have some sort of a topic to get them started and then they were fine once they got started they were fine <laughs> we need that bit of framework I think we just yeah. need, we need that jumping off point yeah, uh, before exactly. we get into it yeah exactly. yeah um, there are guidelines as well I think I mean it's it's not a it's not a free-for-all uh, sure it's not no I mean you know obviously the main one is that you're you're respectful of everyone's um point of view of everyone's opinion in general when they were held in person um which is the way they were originally the the concept was originally that you would meet in somebody's house or in a cafe you know hence the name dead cafe um and you know alcohol wouldn't have been served generally so you know it was very much you come you have a cup of tea everyone shares their views everyone is respectful everyone has time to talk or you can listen if you want and with the IECS um cafes the only thing we asked people was if they were just coming to listen that was absolutely fine but you know they had to keep their camera on during it because obviously it was virtual and we just found that that was just a bit more respectful to everybody there if you could see 
um, if you could see the people who were attending. So Yeah, of course. Um, Dervla, I might bring you in here because as a funeral celebrant, well, of course, you're celebrant across many different occasions and celebrations, but I, I, I know you work in the in the funeral landscape as well. Um, it must help to discuss loss and death at a cafe like this. Um, what have you taken from, from cafes? Yeah, I've, I've been to two of them. Yvonne um, might, well, might remember this. Um, we both turned up at the same British death cafe virtually. Um, oh, yeah, wow. It was, it was lovely. Yeah. By coincidence. Yeah, by coincidence. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and um, it was a lovely. It was a lovely one as well. It was called the, I think, the Ely Death Cafe. So that was that was a nice one. And then I ended up. I just felt I kind of appreciated the Irish context of the IECS one. So I joined that. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's not even as a funeral celebrant. It's just personally to be able to talk about death, to be able to kind of explore the idea maybe that it doesn't always have to be totally horrible that there could be beauty to be found at the end of life. I think that could be comforting for people to realize that um, the way I think for people who are grieving, they get a chance to talk for, you know, well, the one in the Ely death cafe, you know, there was, you had, you had seven minutes and I think the ICS was more or less similar that you had that time and you knew it was your time when you could speak about, about death and you can kind of say the things that everyone else would find too squeamish to listen to you. You'd have the space, you know, you'd be listened to for the, the seven minutes it's just a, a better conversation to have have about death, reclaiming it from the ugly tag that, that it has, taking some of the fear. I, I really yeah. feel on a personal level it has taken some of the fear out of death, even just for me. And then hopefully as a funeral celebrant, that means I can hopefully give greater reassurance to any clients that I work for. Now, Dervla, do you know what? You've just used a key word there. And I think if there's one takeaway that listeners can take from this episode, it's about reclaiming the conversation. Because I think talking about death and end of life, it is still very much taboo, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's talk about, you mentioned when we were talking about this podcast, that we do death well in Ireland. We do the funeral part well. We don't do the afterwards well. And I even find, in my own personal life, yeah. like it's hard, like, even though I am a funeral celebrant, a load of my friends have lost parents in the last couple of years. And it's hard to even start the conversation with them. You know, even beforehand and just things like they obviously choose to relay the news in their own way. They tend to relay it via WhatsApp. You know, it's just, it's hard to get the conversation going. It's hard to, hard to find a natural in, whereas you have it at, at a death cafe. Um there are also guidelines with regard to it not being a counselling service, not being a place where funeral celebrants like me can sell themselves. It's just a place for you to talk about death. But, you know, just to be to have that freedom to just it probably is the one place where you can. And it would be great to see more of them. The presence is a little patchy across the country. And I'd say the pandemic didn't really help that. There's there's none in my end of the country in Waterford. There's one in Limerick. There's one in Dublin. I'm not sure about Cork. Yeah. So, and, and these I mean, I are know. all online, I think, are they? And Well, I, yeah, I was kind of looking. I, I think the Limerick one was only barely on. I'm not sure, actually. It was mostly the IECS one I ended up going to. I think I looked at the time, and the only one I could see in any way was the IECS one. And when I was looking through the list, it was the Ely Death Cafe in, in England. That had people from, from everywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah, US, yeah. Canada, and um, France. Wow. Over. Even people from abroad came to the IECS one. So it is good that way, but I would like to be able to sit in a room with people and talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. I'm just picking up on that. It's it's something that I do remember from the IECS, that, that last one that I did, that, yeah, we had international people at it. So, yeah. yes, it's based in Ireland. So there might be what you might consider to be 
like-minded people, you know, in that in that sense. But it's lovely to get an international aspect because, again, you know, you're right, Dervla, as you said, and I agree, there is that idea that the Irish do death well, but it's afterwards when families go home and they close the doors and that's when the grief starts. Um, yeah, we don't do that bit very well. But having an international view of that, I thought was really interesting and having those conversations as well. And again, to, to pick up on something else you said there, it's it's just to echo it, it's not a counselling service. These are, are really energetic, positive conversations about um about death. I think it could be a safe space to explore very complicated things like decisions yeah, that you make yeah. at the end of, exactly. of life as well that'd be hard to have anywhere else. Exactly. Uh, and in fact, so it is worth saying because you mentioned some of the, the ones around the country um, and, and around Ireland at least. And Yvonne, there is an IECS death cafe coming up very shortly, I think. Mm. Yeah, so we have our next one is scheduled for the 10th of March. Again, we're going to keep it um, keep it online for the time being. Like Dervla, I'd love to, like the original idea for the IECS Death Cafe was that it would be in person. Um, the first Death Cafe I went to myself, it was in person um, and it is different. It is uh, certainly different to be in a room with people that you don't know um, and just have these conversations um, and you know, it's certainly something that we hope down the line sometime that we will be able to to do. Obviously, by it being virtually, as you said, it, it does open it up. And, and as Dervla said, we have had people from, um, I think the furthest afield was America and um, that joined us. And she loved the kind of the Irish vibe to it. She actually emailed us afterwards and said just, just really, really liked the vibe that um, was at the cafe. Um, but yeah, so we have one coming up on the 10th of March um, at 7pm and it's uh, virtually, it'll be on Eventbrite and across the IECS socials. And we're just coming back to something that you said about us doing debt well, but maybe not so much the grief well. Actually, at the first cafe I went to, um, one of the people in my group that I was talking to, he was a professor um, who was part of a study on debt and how the Irish do do debt and, and react to debt differently to others. And this is the great thing that I found about the Debt Cafe was people were there for different reasons. This man was just there because it was obviously something he was interested in. Um, and a big part of the reason why we're considered to do that well, he said, is the Irish wake. And the fact that we talk about um, debt so much over that two or three day period. So having that conversation about death, how the person died and just talking about them, it's like it almost makes our brains and our, you know, our minds accept it quicker than other countries who maybe don't have that um, that period of of just constantly talking and retelling the story and and, and talking about the person. Um, so that apparently was something that they found in that study was that that was one of the um, reasons why we do that so well in Ireland. And I think... My fear was probably as we settle into March 2020 and the massive changes that came about with the pandemic, the restrictions, specifically, of course, around funeral restrictions as well, because we have such beautiful funeral rituals. I think the fear was that, you know, what is the new normal going to be in Irish funerals? And we can see some of them settling in, I think, but certainly the Irish wake I mean, it's talked about all around the globe. It's depicted in movies and TV. 
could we, could we call it infamous? I, I think at this stage. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think you could call it infamous. But but you know, it's it's such an important part of it. Um, and you know, like that. You know, I lost my father a few years ago, and it was those three days of just yeah. constantly being being surrounded by people as well. I think it really helped. But that talking and telling and hearing stories and um you know that was what i found the most therapeutic of the whole um experience and for people to have not had had that over the pandemic and we've talked about this numerous times in you know the celebrant chats and stuff that we do dervla put together that memorial um document for the iecs on how to you know how to have a memorial how to have something for yourselves yeah, even yeah. if it is yourselves doing it you know that is so important um, and you know I suppose as celebrants, we absolutely recognise the importance of the ritual and the celebration as well of, of the person who has passed away. And we just oh, haven't absolutely. been able to do that. And um, so hopefully, you know, things things improve in that area and, and people are able to get back to some sort of normality, if that's the word you could use, um, around Irish funerals. And... Dervla, to come back to you, I think within that context, do you think we can see death cafes taking a bigger place in Irish cultural discussions around death and funeral traditions? Yeah, I think so. We'll probably, you know, hopefully that when now the pandemic is receding, you could say, or becoming part of just the background kind of, yeah, that hopefully yeah. the people who are organising the death cafes will be able to have them in person and be able to attract press and social media coverage. You know, the Death Cafe Ireland uh, Facebook page might come back to life again and kind of be act as a hub. Maybe the movement will revive itself. And yeah, there could just do with being more of them all right. Even if I don't know, I mean, I'd have one, but I'd host one down here, but I'd rather host it with somebody else who's done one before or something like that. You know, I'd feel more comfortable to have someone to work with on it. So even if just word went around, you know, that, that, that it could be done yeah, for the, the southeast and then just I'm sure other parts of the country could, could do with it as well indeed indeed and I think in terms of of having the conversation about death I think as as death cafes start to move further into our consciousness to the front of our minds I think that they become a more normalised thing that we can actually start to break down the taboos around talking about death yeah, because I'm just thinking even on an anecdotal level, I sometimes, some people I know love talking about death and we'd be in a group and we start in these and then some of the other people in the group are going green. So basically, <laughs> the death cafes are a safe place to come if you love graveyards and if your conversation tends to turn people slightly green around the gills. Come to the death cafe and you can be as gross as you like. <laughs> but it is, it is true. Yeah, yeah. It's the serious side it is. Yeah. Of course. And and you said there if you love graveyards, because speaking of that, on a trip to Paris that I had many years ago, I noticed um Père Lachaise Cemetery in a guidebook. So I hopped on the train and um off I went for the day. And Père Lachaise is where Oscar Wilde is buried, uh, Jim Morrison, Victor Hugo, uh, who else? Edith Piaf, I think, as well. And I have to say, we spent hours there. The weather was gorgeous that day it was a lovely place to be very beautiful um, and in fact when I look back at some of the different touristy things that I've done in Paris it was certainly amongst my favourites I mean it was really lovely yeah mm. I'd agree with you I went to a place you know what the exact name of it was it was a very high cemetery above Lisbon and had all uh, columbarian wall there was a different name for the types of mausoleums that they had and stuff like that it was just 
they were they were gorgeous. And then even closer to home, I, I do like stumbling on random graveyards. I discovered one along the riverbank in my hometown that I never even knew was there, but the Clamel, the blue way from Clamel to Carrick was opened. I was walking along that. There was a really old graveyard. My mother was like, do you not know that was there? So yeah, you can talk about graveyards at, at uh, death cafes. But yeah, it's just, you know, you can be humorous about, about, about death as well at a death cafe. Anything kind of more or less goes. And if it's done right, even no matter what you say, you do get a feeling of, of being held, even though you don't know the people, mm-hmm. which is funny. Everybody's sort of willing you on, you know, you can you can laugh or, or you can cry, mm-hmm. you know. I think sometimes it's easier if you're talking to to strangers sometimes as well to have these hard conversations or to start having these hard conversations yourself that you can then, you know, carry them on maybe into your family because, you know, you do have to be careful as well. I think, you know, just again, anecdotally, we made the mistake um, only yesterday, me and my three si- or my two sisters were trying to get our mother to tell us, you know, where she wanted to be buried. And, you know, it's really, you know, happy Sunday conversations to have with your mom. Um, but my 10 year old niece was in the other room and heard us and she got quite upset at the thoughts of, you know, her nanny yeah, yeah. dying. And we were then trying to tell her, no, we're just having the conversation and you know, there's nothing wrong. We're just trying to um, have this conversation now. Yeah. But, you know, she she just uh, she didn't really understand. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's important to also be aware of who's around you when you are having these conversations. But they true. are so important to have, you know, and as celebrants, obviously, with, with thoughts on the funeral, you know, for the people who are left behind when somebody dies, that's when these conversations are really important to have had. Because, yeah. you know, if you have some idea of what the person wanted or even just simple thing like, is there any songs you want, or where do you, do you want to yeah, do you want yeah, to be a donor? Yeah. Do you want to be yeah. an organ donor? Yeah. You know, these are conversations yeah. that people obviously nobody likes having them and thinking mm-hmm. about them. But just by having them doesn't mean it's going to happen to you tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's just been able to communicate them. Yeah, because yeah. Dervla, I wonder yeah. as, as a celebrant, have have you come across that? I mean, when you meet a family. And the deceased has communicated what they'd like in terms of music or readings or, or some poetry. When that communication has happened, it can take the stress off the family and make the process so much easier. I know I've yeah. certainly met families who have been up the walls. You know, they've been hit with this train of loss. And then I come in and I ask, you know, have you had a chance to think about music? And music might be the last thing on their minds at, at that point. And for the family, it can be very stressful. There is the potential for it to be quite stressful for a family trying to, you know, if you're trying to design a ceremony with a celebrant for your loved one, and you've never had this conversation. You don't know what they want. You mightn't know what music they want. You might have one family member naming one singer, uh, another family member saying, you know, we're not playing Elvis at, at the funeral. And these conversations can get really tricky. Now, we're trained professionals, but they can be tricky. Um, or at least if you've if you've had the conversation uh, and if you say this, this is this is what I want. But I, I, I think probably, I think where I'm going with this, I'm, apologies for digressing, but I think the death cafe in the first place is the safe place where you can first give that voice and, and share that voice and articulate what it is you're thinking. 
yeah, I'd say it's definitely at the com- the ball rolling on that conversation. So yeah, I I think so. And speaking of what Yvonne said about her ten year old niece, maybe it would help people to talk to their children about it a bit more easily as well, and then their children wouldn't fear it quite quite as much or not understand quite as much because you know, children understand more than than you think, you know, about, about it. So then you know you're able to be strong for your children as well with the discussion. Yeah, so it kicks off the discussion, and then because we have more more choice over what happens to us when we die and things like that. That's why it's worth having all those discussions at a death cafe. It's not an information service exactly either, but I suppose things will come out. You just feel more comfortable to to have that discussion. The very first funeral in in, in my own life, I had an aunt who died in 2015. It was the first ever celebrate led funeral I went, I went to. And yeah, it was just amazing because she she picked everything out and she decided who would, it was a series. It ended up being a series of speeches. She chose the people who would do the speeches and she, she specified music and she had her grandchildren draw pictures for her. She that was oh, what she wow. asked them to do. It was all decided. It was it was beautiful. The funeral, the funerals go kind of rocked, you know. So, you know, so that's she she was comfortable with it. Not many people are. I haven't heard of it since as as, as a celebrant. I do offer funeral planning. Something I'll men- mention a bit more, I suppose, over time myself. But yeah, the death cafe would would start that discussion because. You could even just, you know, Yvonne said they don't usually go by a topic, but it could even be a topic at the ICS, just for a bit of humour even. Yeah, what music yeah, would you yeah. pick? I heard a funeral celebrate over in England where they're a little bit more ahead than we are, say, with funerals. Say that somebody picked, you know, from Sound Music, So Long, Farewell, Auf Wiedersehen, Goodbye. <laughs> so you can have a great laugh, yeah. And in fact, do you know what, as a celebrant in saying that now, I've met so many families and we've talked about music. And in fact, I'm not sure I've, finalized my list uh, um i know i could probably i could probably i could probably pick a few songs there that, that i know i'd want mm. included somewhere um seasons of love from rent do you know that one i do yeah um, Six hundred forty-five thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that would have to go somewhere in the ceremony i yeah. think yeah, yeah yeah i gotta pick massive attack unfinished sympathy <laughs> lovely lovely yeah my brother said do you want people to cry i said yeah i totally want people to cry <laughs> <laughs> Yvonne, Yvonne, have you got music chosen? Oh gosh, um, I I have a couple of songs like that. I remember when I was fifteen, giving my mother my my list of debt wishes, so she was nearly getting the priest after me. Um, <laughs> and on it was like Puff Daddy and Fate Evans. Um, oh yeah, that wow. one that they did. Yeah, so I was mortified. My sister is threatening. She's like, "That's totally what we we're going to have at your." Funeral, but, um, I always like always look on the bright side of life I'm a huge Monty yeah. Python fan oh, so. absolutely yeah. absolutely and in fact I'm just sad as a celebrant now that I haven't had an opportunity <laughs> yet to include that in the ceremony uh, <laughs> you try and nudge people towards songs yeah, yeah, yeah but it yeah, is like yeah. you say Connor you know when you're in grief or when somebody dies especially suddenly you know it's very easy to be led along um, by what's expected or by what you know, or as you said, oh, you have to have a hymn or you have to have this or you have to have that. And, you know, if if it's your first time as well being, you know, p- having to organize a funeral and you haven't a clue, it's just it's very easy to be swept along um, and let other people's kind of opinions get on top of you as well. So I think it is, you know, the more you can talk to people in advance about what you would like. It's your last, you know, it's your last hurrah. It's your last celebration. Um you should absolutely want to have a part of it and, and 
with the debt cafes, you know, the idea of them is to normalize these conversations mm. um, and hopefully it goes some way to doing that. Um, I think just as we start to wrap up now, I, I think there is probably something I've been dancing around. I don't think I've quite asked it yet. We keep coming back to the idea of discussing your funeral, planning that and, and being able to have that conversation. But in fact, what are the types of topics uh, what what can come up generally for the most part? What can be included as a topic of discussion in a death cafe? Well, like the last one we talked about grief. So it was, you know, people's experiences of grief um, and how how they reacted to it. Did they have, and, you know, people shared stories of, of themselves and people that they knew. And, um, you know, when, when was the first time that they experienced grief, um, which was interesting to hear, uh, you know, the different, different stories from people, but also I think, you know, your fears. Um, and as you said at the start there, you know, you're not as fearful now of, of debt. Um, I think that's a big part of it is just being able to express those fears um, without somebody going to, oh, just don't talk about that, you know, or, yeah, you know, don't yeah. be thinking like that. You know, you have the space because having the space to talk about things like this is so important. And I think, it can go some way to alleviating those fears. And, you know, people are, um, I, you know, we've, we've had people at cafes who have had no experience of debt at all. Yeah, They've yeah, never yeah, experienced yeah. the debt yeah. and they don't know what to expect and they're fearful of that. And, you know, some people who are, say, not religious, they're fearful of what's coming, what's coming next. And if I've no faith or if I've no, if I don't believe in a heaven, what is next and how do I get through things if I don't think that there is anything beyond this and, um, it's yeah, so interesting. Just everybody's different, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. different ideas. And I suppose that's the good thing about not having a topic as well, is because you, anything, anything goes, anything can be said. Um, so yeah, no, it's very, very interesting to to hear people's different. Um, and people do talk about their funeral, and they talk maybe about illnesses and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's it's a really, really interesting thing. Interesting and. For the most part, I think what I'd add to that, certainly the, the couple that I've been to, quite uplifting mm. as well, yeah. I think. Yes, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah. Given what it is that, that we're talking about. I think it's when people come together and they're happy to talk about these things. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I'd be a firm believer that talking about sad things doesn't automatically mean depressing. I think it's a word that's too easily used. Something depressing means without hope or just completely without any light in it there is hope and, and light in the discussions even if it's, if it's a difficult topic even for the comfort that you get from other people so and, and, and the lightness you feel of knowing that other people feel the same way or yeah. or just you know the bits of humour now Dervla I think that is a wonderful point to wrap this up on that's that's a, a lovely point to make just repeat that for us a bit just just talking about something sad Say that again because that was that was lovely. Something sad, something sad, needn't necessarily be depressing. It can be comforting because I just honestly believe you know some people turn to kind of happy and upbeat things and they're sad, but not not everybody. Some people want company in their sadness. So Death Cafe provides that company, and there is you know just because the thing isn't sad doesn't mean there isn't light in it, and there is light at Death Cafe from being heard. So. There's your, there's your sound bite there now, if that'll do you, politician <laughs> style. 
Uh, Dervla, that is wonderful. And I think a very suitable point to wrap this up on. So we will leave it there. Uh, Vaughan Cassidy and Dervla Graham, thank you so much. Um, obviously, thank now you. I'm going to share your socials. Um, I think I'll come to Dervla first. Dervla, where can people get in touch with you? You've got your website. Yeah, so it's Celebrant Derv, Celebrant D-E-R-V, all one word, dot I-E. Very and good, very good. Instagram, Celebrant underscore Derv. And then Facebook, just type Celebrant Derv into the search box and you'll find me. Very good, very good. Uh, and look, I know I know you to be a wonderful, wonderful celebrant. I mean that. And I invite all of the Celebration Sessions podcast listeners to go and check out Dervla Graham. Uh, and of course, what I'll do is I'll put all of these links into the episode description as well. So you'll be able to click on all of these links as well. You'll be able to click on links such as AvonCassidyWeddings.com. Avon, is that right? That's yeah. right. That's it. Um, and Instagram is Yvonne underscore Cassidy underscore weddings. And just to make things difficult on Facebook, it's Yvonne Cassidy <laughs> Celebrant. So very good. And um, that's where you'll find it. And also on the IECS website. Um, we're all there, all three of us. And more information on um, ethical ceremonies, ethical funerals, all of that jazz. Exactly, exactly. IECS.ie uh, for the Irish Ethical yep. Celebrant Society. And of course, we're on Instagram as well. In fact, we were talking about this off air because it's Irish underscore ethical underscore celebrants. But in fact, if you just type in IECS mm. into the search box, it comes up so you can find us there. Um, one more thing before we go. The actual details then of the upcoming IECS Death Cafe, Yvonne. So it is up on Eventbrite um, and obviously, you know, it's free to attend. Um, we do keep the numbers limited to about 15 just because, you know, it's, it's hard to manage if there's um, many more than that. But it's on Eventbrite and it will also go up on the IECS socials um, and then everybody, you know, everybody else is welcome to share it as well. So, yeah, it should be good. We're looking forward to, to doing it again. It's been a while, so I'm looking forward to kicking them off again. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, we leave it there. I'll say thank you once again, very genuinely. Thank you uh, for your for your time. Thanks for having such a, a lovely conversation about death. It's something I always love thank to do. So, us. thank you very much. Love that. Thanks very much. Uh, Cheers, Connor. Yvonne Cassidy and Dervla Graham thank you so much to you both that is it from the Celebration Sessions podcast don't forget of course as always I'd love you to like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use um, rate and review all of those things you can join us over at the Celebration Sessions podcast on Instagram you can keep in touch and join in the conversation there as well I always want to hear your thoughts as well in the meantime that's it stay safe take care this has been the Celebration Sessions podcast Oh,